it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Raj Gopalan, 
Peter V. S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG Guys. Hello and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, and when I'm not co-hosting this podcast, along with my partner, Shree and Brian, I help enterprise brands improve their SEO and SEM, growing their e-commerce. Along for today's conversations, my fellow co-founder of the CPG Guys, please listen to his elder daughter, Rhea Raj, music at riaraj.com and follow his younger daughter, Lara, on her journey as a founding member of the new Hybe Geffen girls band Catsai, which debuts its first album this June. Let me welcome my ride or die sidekick. He is the man known as Shri. Shri, we got a we got an extra long distance between us today. You're, you're home in LA, but but I'm not in Connecticut. It's more like six thousand miles plus, all the way from the land of the kings and the queens. Jo- you know what? My, I'm in jolly old England today, and my daughter said to me, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm London." She goes, "Do you know who lives in London?" And I said, "Who?" And she said, "The King, the Queen, Paddington Bear, and Peppa Pig." And then the last thing she said was, can you have a play date with the king? So uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't been successful yet. I knocked on the door of Buckingham Palace yesterday, but no, no, no luck. Downtown somewhere is a statue of Paddington because we took Laura to see Paddington at the palace. It's, it's at Paddington's out. train station. I'm going to go there and take a selfie with Paddington Bear. That's on my must agenda do, must for do. tonight or tomorrow. Must do. I got a couple things to add, Peter. Can't believe it. Can't believe we're doing this at uh, 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. respectively in corners of the world. But uh, that's just your dedication and my dedication to providing education to the community. I have a couple of announcements to share. One, I'm not the only one with a podcast with you. Ria Raj, my older daughter, is kicking off a brand new on iHeartRadio. Her podcast kicks off in two weeks. It's called Click by Ria Raj. C-L-I-Q-U-E, Click by Ria Raj. Podcast. So, so let me get this straight, Shri. You've got a podcast. Your wife Kavita's got a lights, podcast. camera, conversation. Rhea's got a podcast. It's only a matter of time before Lara does. My question is, when are the three cats going to get a podcast? Soon, very soon. <clears throat> Meow. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. That should be fun. What else you got for me? Anything exciting? Pitches and catches. Pitches and catches. Warming up. Three weeks. Hallelujah! I got to tell you, you know, you know I uh, my I uh, when I'm not podcasting, I'm I'm at Flywheel. Uh, it's a sad it's a sad week in Baltimore after uh, the weekend's uh, unsuccessful football campaign. So they're they're kind of mourning a lot to my to my peeps at Flywheel who love the Ravens. Sorry it happened, uh, but you know, Shree and I gave up on the football season long long yeah, ago. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm going to claim. Football territory this year. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's one Soto to look forward to, and you've got Otani and Yamamoto, so I don't think we'll complain. Fair? All right. Yeah, I'm with you. Thanks again, Shri, for joining me. Uh, before we get to the episode topic, we want to ask you to help spread the word about this really great community we've created in the CPG, guys. Beyond sharing our podcast with your friends, make sure you do that. If you're using Apple or Spotify as your preferred listening platform, please, 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 I can't emphasize this enough, leave us a rating because it helps feed the algorithm that makes our 
podcast more findable by CPG retail professionals like you looking to be educated and entertained. Because I think we do both here, Sri. You know, we, we, we provide a modicum of knowledge and we try to do it in a, in a fun and enjoyable way. Um, we're also very happy that uh, this podcast is part of an impressive collective of highly rated podcasts, including Fast Forward, hosted by Brian Gildenberg, CPG Scoop with recent Jennifer, and the FMCG guys, which is just exploding in terms of its uh, followership and some really great guests. That's uh, hosted by Daniel Afrain and Christine. Um, and of course, we are very incredibly proud. Uh, of our allyship with Next Up, formerly known as Network of Executive Women, whose mission is to advance the cause of women in business and promote gender equality in the workplace. It has got tremendous educational and networking resources available to its members. And of course, my dear friend on the uh, far side of this podcast connective, Mr. Raja Gopalan, he is actually serving as a director of Next Up. So links to our podcast, our sister cast, our landing page on Next Up, all that including connections to Rhea and Lara's social media profiles. You can find it in the digital liner notes of this very episode. So let's get the conversation going. You know, Shri and I uh, noticed one thing is we haven't made mention of any guests because we don't have a guest this week. It's actually just Shri and me talking. But one of the questions that um, Shri, Brian, and I get from a, a just about every place we go, brands, retailers, service providers, they all ask kind of the same Thing and it really revolves around conferences, trade shows, and the like. And this is kind of after the end of the pandemic and in-person live meetings came back into fashion. The biggest questions they that people ask us is, "Okay, I'm 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 here with you at this event, but what are the other events that I should be attending?" It is it is without question one of the most commonly asked. Uh, queries from our audience. And, and the way we typically respond to these inquiries is, well, I guess it depends, right? Because it depends upon what your functional area is, what types of companies you're seeking to engage, and, and so on and so forth. So Shri and I thought, well, why don't we take some time to actually review not all, but a handful of what we consider to be important CBG retail industry events. We'll talk about the makeup of the attendees, the format, the subject matter covered in presentations and panels, and also the timing of each event. So hopefully um, you'll get you'll get a good flavor. Now, um, we know you don't have enough chips to cover every number on the roulette table. So hopefully this handicapping exercise will help you make judicious choices. And of course, we're not going to cover, as I mentioned, every event conference. We will also put in the digital liner notes of this episode link to a Google worksheet that we've created with a, a more exhaustive list uh, that includes the specific dates, the locations, and hyperlinks to each of these event websites. So if you want to go avail yourself of them and find out more about all these events, just click the hyperlink. It'll be at the top of the digital liner notes of this episode, and you can make good choices. So. All right, so why don't we uh, why don't we get to our list of events? Um, I'm going to let Shri kick it off. Shri, what what's kind of like uh, we're doing this a bit chronologically, so as not to give specific preference. Seems like the most judicious and and egalitarian way of doing it. So, Shri, what's the first conference that people in our industry should be paying attention? The year starts off. You kind of come back from the holidays. You're uh, starting to get those blues. Hey. 
I'm going back to work, whatever it is that you do. And um, I'm going back to Cali, to Cali, to Cali. I'm going what back better to way Cali. than to lighten up your life than going to Las Vegas. But this year we had the gift of it getting this conference getting delayed by a week, which actually was a big boost since the first week we were able to get back to work, focus on what we need to do, start the new year with a bang. And of course, Peter, this conference is the Consumer Electronic Show, also known as CES, one that I've been going to for a decade plus at this point. And, um, you know, in my old role at Johnson & Johnson, it had a very different meaning, health tech, wearables, devices, gadgets, which is originally why this show was created over the last, I would say, seven, eight years. It's evolved also to be the intersection of media and tech. So you get everyone from the Comcast of the world, the Paramount Plus of the world, Disney, Warner, and guess who else is there in full form at CES? Because it's become the media tech conference of the year. Amazon Ads, Walmart Connect, Instacart, Kroger Precision Marketing, ADUSA Marketing, Albertsons Media Connect, dot, 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 dot. To me... It is the premier retail media top-to-top -top moment, similar to what many of the brick-and-mortar conferences are balanced in the year for top-to-top. -to -top. So if you're a CPG brand and you are investing in retail media, this is the best place for you to kick off the year and actually have those retail media top-to-tops and get going for the year. In addition, the special bonus that you get, which is the antithesis of what everyone else comes for, the special bonus that you get, is going to the show floor and getting to understand the latest wearables and the latest technology available to consumers. But really for our industry, primary purpose, retail media network. Thoughts, Peter? Yeah, I, I agree, Shri. If it wasn't before, certainly at this year's CES, retail media emerged as the predominant reason why CPG brands and retailers go to CES. They were all represented. You named a whole bunch of them. Others like Uber were there and what have you. But uh, they came, but they didn't just come piecemeal. They came in force, right? Everyone at a major level from Walmart Connect, everyone from Kroger Precision Marketing, everyone from Albertsons Media Collective. They had suites up in the Aria uh, hotel and resort, and they were hosting meetings, a revolving group over a couple of days. I will say... Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, the, the, this community of CPG retail around retail media, they all coalesce around the area hotel. Most of these retail media platforms will uh, secure um, uh, suites and then they will parade through the brand. What is it, the Sky Suites? That's right. the course of a couple of days. Yeah, and it's and 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 it's a it's an interesting group. So it's fun as you mentioned. Also, it's fundamentally different than what's going over with devices at the trade show floor. You can go over and check it out if you want. Though most of the activity for a CPG brand or retailers around the area, uh, you can go over to the show floor where you'll see all the devices and what have you. Just if you do that, be ready to spend about an hour to an hour and a half waiting for an Uber to get out of there. It's, it's like once you're in. It's hard to get out of the trade show, and not by design. It's just hard to find an Uber to get out of there. Um, so, Shri, uh, shortly after CES closes, the next conference opens up. Now, as you made reference to, usually there's about a week in between, but not this year. 
because they pushed CES back. Um, I think people loved having that one week between New Year's and the start of CES to kind of gather their thoughts. And that was wonderful, but it also meant that it bled into the beginning of the next major event, which takes place back on the East Coast in New York at the Jacob Javits Convention Center. And that is, of course, the National Retail Federation Big Show. So this is a, an immersive event. It takes over the entirety of the Javits Convention Center. There are multiple trade show floors. I would call a lot of them the big established service providers, the likes of Google and Microsoft are on the upper floor and more of the uh, emerging tech startups tend to be on the lower floor. And then in the North Tower, they have lots of uh, keynote speeches on very large uh, stages with uh, thousands and thousands of people. Who are the people that are going here? Um, retailers in particular, not just grocery or mass merchant, big box retailers, not just North America, all over the world. Uh, the keynotes, uh, as has been in the last couple of years, Walmart gave a major keynote. They did that at CES as well. And then there were other players. One of the most attended that I saw was the uh, the CEO of GPA, which is a grocery retailer in Brazil, and their technology partner, Mercado Libre, and the head of Brazil market. And they were talking about retail media. So it, it is a topic not just at CES, at other venues. And that was standing room only with probably... Uh, over a thousand people sitting in the audience. Um, I would say though that this show, as opposed to CES, is much more focused on the capabilities that support retail. So there are there are brands that are going there, but it, if you want to go talk to retailers, that is the place to go. And it's not just retail media; it's operations, it's merchandising, it's everything across the entire spectrum for for retailers and nrf is the show to go to from a global perspective your thoughts you know when i lived in new york city i went to the nrf show every year and even when i lived in jersey and i went primarily to learn what's new tech associated with retail everything from checkout experiences development in apps screens coming inside a grocery store robotics for operational purposes and to me the one of the most important pieces of the NRF is really if you're in retail operations, the show's a must for you. But again, I'm going to bring back a little bit of the tech world and retail. If you're on the e-commerce side of the fence, there's a lot for you because there's robotics, there's fulfillment, and uh, there's also app development resources. But I'm also very clear, Peter, that NRF is primarily a retail-based show of service providers partnering with retailers, a lot to be learned in the retail community. I haven't really understood or seen CPG manufacturers really leverage NRF. My heart will tell you that's a miss. The reality will tell me it's okay. Does that make sense? I think, yeah, no, I think, I think it is. It's great if you're a CPG brand because you're going to see a lot of retailers on stage and they'll be talking about things they're doing, but you're not going to get a lot of business done as a brand by going to this show. You're going mostly to be aware of what is what retailers are talking about 
and the capabilities that are available to them, but it's not about you actually doing the kind of business like are done at the ARIA Sky Suites where you're really negotiating on what your JBP is around digital media and other things like that. It's not about facilitating a conversation between brands and retailers. It really is about retailers looking at all the different service providers they can avail themselves of, and brands can just go and listen, be a fly on the wall, and maybe learn a little in the process. Bang on the money. All right. So if now, so Shree, now we're not even halfway through January, and we've already crammed two shows in. Is that enough for January, or is there more that As we're ready to, to one tackle? For if you're in the food business. I've spent large years of my life in the food business. You've been in the, on the food business for large parts of your life. And yes, I'm speaking about one of the industry's oldest conferences that exists, the Food Marketing Institute, well known as the FMI conference. I was there this year, Peter, and it was very fulfilling. Of course, we're back in the world. Shri, what is the FMI? Why don't we start by saying, what is that as an organization? Because a lot of people have heard that acronym. What do they do? What what yeah, is their purpose? FMI stands for the Food Marketing Institute and primarily started up many, many years ago. I forget the exact number of decades ago as an ability to connect joint causes of CPG manufacturers, a.k.a. brands manufacturing food to keep them abreast of legislation and also uh, be a voice and an advocate advocate for legislation with the government and with the industry and also keep CPG manufacturers updated on things that were upcoming from a legislative purpose. This is how it started. What it's evolved into is something I would say much more evolved than that, which I experienced a few weeks ago, year again, once again, year over year. Um, it's become the premier conference, I would say, above and beyond just food manufacturers. I'm going to say consumables. For example, if you're making household cleaners or paper towels, you're also at FMI because your chief merchant happens to be the same on the retail side. What I really enjoy about FMI is the shotgun meetings or top-to-tops you take with retail as a brand manufacturer. But I also, uh, over the last two, three years since we've come back from COVID, I've also thoroughly enjoyed the panels, the talk tracks, the education, and the great stirred-up event provided by PepsiCo. Always brings a lot, lot of fun, great food, great cuisines. I enjoy looking at all the marketing that various brands provide. and uh, But again, Peter, I think most important outside everything else for veterans like you and me, yeah, it's a yeah. moment to get together with people in the industry we've known for decades and reminisce the old times and build the future. So, Shri, if I were to ask you to describe the CPG archetype, the retail archetype that attends this show, and then to characterize the the primary topics of conversations in these strategic meetings on the um, on the the spectrum of uh, highly digital e-commerce focused versus brick and mortar focused. What are the archetypes, and when you're in those meetings, what are the conversations typically? So let me start with the retail archetype first. So this is the senior leadership of retailers. So usually it'll be the chief merchant, the SVP of merchant. It's it's food, so you're traditionally going to find center store merchants. You're going to find one level down the category management leadership, perhaps the procurement leader. 
So it's a mixed mixed bag, but you're going to find leadership from merchandising. That's the archetype from the retail side. On the brand side, it is not a marketing conference. This is an innovation showcase conference, as well as a retail and brand partnership conference. So you typically find the commercial selling organization of every brand, senior roles, typically the chief customer officer, the VPs and SVPs of sales, channel heads from a sales perspective, and um, really gearing and orchestrating the meetings and um, you know making promises to work together for the year and also looking at how the industry stands for the year. Those are the archetypes. Now, so Shri, uh, if you're a service provider and you're like, wow, there are a lot of senior level people there. In fact, they act, they're, one of the, they're one of the few conferences that literally publish the full attendee list in advance. You can go, openly go to the FMI website, go to the Midwinter Executive Conference and see who's coming. And I'm a service provider. And I go, wow, that's pretty impressive. I want to go. Can anyone go to this conference? You have to be invited. That's the real key. Yes. This is fundamentally different than CES or NRF or most of the other. You can't go register about. is what you, I meant. You can't register and say, yeah, I want to be can. part of this conference. And it's rightfully done that way, Peter, because it's busy. It's a lot of people. It's a resort. And it's you're very busy. You're taking meeting after meeting after meeting. The last thing you want is to be distracted by a service provider. However, over the course of the last three years since COVID, I found a service provider here and there who's found a way how to be there. Hey, man, hats off to the ones who figured out how to hack the system. I'm not encouraging anybody to do that, to be clear. But it also means you're delivering some extraordinary value to the industry if you're getting invited. And speaking of hacking the system, I understand that they actually invited for the first time a podcaster into the media collective was that? that was do joining. Tell. I don't do know, tell. but do they're tell. very do close. Tell. Oh, it'll be, I'll just come out and say it. I was there. Oh, boy. My first FMI, it was very interesting. I loved the conversation panels. It was one my uh, my last day there before I flew out that looked at the Wait, future of retail 10 years, 10 or seven years out. It was really, it was good. There was some, a couple people I know on the hack, panel, but it was hack, very interesting. Hack, hack, hack. Yeah, to total hack. All right, Shri, I hey, think we've beaten the, the FMI story. To... I did. I had a great time. I uh, ended up the last night I was there. I had dinner, uh, went all the way to Naples, away from Marco Island, uh, sat down with uh, Eric Savage and uh, uh, one of his colleagues from the Path to Purchase Institute. Uh, there's a lot that we do that they do that kind of overlaps, and we're talking about how we can be a little bit more engaged as uh as uh, media entities in this ecosystem of CPG retail. Um, but I had so many great conversations, saw a lot of people, just go to our LinkedIn page. You will see lots and lots of pictures uh, of of the show and friends of this podcast. It was a reminder to our audience though, if you know, we open this episode talking about CES, we did a episode back in early January where Peter recapped Bitter details of CES, so do go back, search, look on our LinkedIn page, go to the Apple Podcast, simply, or just go to Google and type CES recap, see CPG guys on the Apple Podcast, and it'll pop up all the way up to the top. Peter, from FMI, we roll to episode. March. There is a blockbuster conference that happens in March, and it, again, it happens in Las Vegas. What is it, Peter? Yes, yeah, so 
so we'll head back to Las Vegas. So I'm not doing it this year, as you know, because I have to go down to the Dominican Republic as a dear friend of the podcast. Christina Marinucci has, uh, has scheduled her wedding to uh, counter-program against this event. But Shop Talk is taking place Wait, in Christina, Las you're Vegas getting married during Shop this. Talk week? Can you I believe that? Advice, She's Christina. in the industry. Well, guess what I'll be. I, oh, so did I? Oh, there's no wedding. I don't know what what, what wedding. What? I don't you know what you're talking about. I'm going to have to I'm, call Christina. Uh-oh. 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 Sorry, Christina. I ratted you out. Sorry, Shree. I guess you're just not as exclusive. No, as I didn't get an invite. We thought, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, let's move on. Shop Talk. So this is an interesting event. It's been around for, what What are we saying here now, Shree? Seven, eight years now? Shop Talk easily, has been going easily. on. It was created. It was the brain. It was the brainchild of our uh, of one of our very first guests, Anil Agarwal. Uh, and he had finished doing some trade shows around the financial services industry. And he looked at the inefficiencies going on in conversations between CPG uh, manufacturers and retailers, and they created Shop Talk. So this is what I would refer to as an event for omni-channel uh, with a digital focus across all aspects of retail, both pure play, brick and mortar, omni-channel. So you'll see some grocery. You'll see a lot of big box. You'll see a lot of international activity here, though predominantly North American, right? Uh, but you'll see chain drug retailers. And the typical archetype of this conference, I would say, is chief digital officer, you know, customer marketing. So there's a little bit of that old shopper marketing, but more of a focus on digital. If I were to look at the average age of someone who's attending Shop Talk, it's probably about 15 years younger than the people that were going to FMI. So definitely it skews towards a younger crowd. And that's kind of more reflective of the space that they're in. When we talk omni-channel digital, there's definitely retail media discussed there. The retail media platforms will be present, though I would not call them as pervasive as they are at CES. They have representation, but not not a uh, it's not overwhelming. I want to discuss the why behind that. So I look at CES. It's an electronic show that Retail media networks have made a top-to-top. Shop Talk is actually a full-blown media and CPG-relevant conference. But it scans the spectrum of media, including Google, like I said, Comcast, or NBC Universal. It's their moment. And it's a lot of marketing. It's a marketing moment. And so I see it different. The e-commerce people, not that relevant. Shop Talk and Grocery Shop were really birthed by e-commerce people a decade ago. And hence, Shop Talk gets less relevant for the e-commerce people. People also, it's you and me, which are those e-commerce archetypes as well. It's a place where we don't get to make a lot of noise. It's really for marketers and pure brand marketing. It is. It is. And just to give you a sense of scale, right? CES takes over Las Vegas. It is 10 tens of thousands of people going to all the different aspects. It is huge, right? Huge. NRF, big, big. Also, very, also very big. Maybe 10,000 people go to NRF. Um, FMI, midwinter, 
very small, about 1,500 people. Shop Talk, I think it's going to be about 14 or 15,000 people this year. So another very big event, but it doesn't take over Las Vegas. It is going to be at the Mandalay Bay. It'll be, I think, the last time because we've already been told that the new preferred venue for Shop Talk and its sister show, which we'll talk about shortly, Grocery Shop, is going to be the brand new Fontainebleau Hotel, um, which is much further up the strip. Uh, but they are fairly concentrated. Uh, there will be people staying at other hotels, but all the activities for, for Shop Talk will happen at the Mandalay Bay. If you're staying, it doesn't matter how far away you're staying. If you're staying at the Mandalay Bay, the conference center itself is so far, so far a walk from the elevators that by the time you get to the show floor, you've already exceeded your 10,000 steps for that. The Fontainebleau, is it changing this year or next year? It's, so grocery shop is going to be at the Fontainebleau. My expectation is that Shop Talk will join its sister show at the Fontainebleau for March of next year. And then also, you know, uh, I should also make mention that uh, while I'm not going to talk about it, um, I am going to talk about their sister show over in Europe. Shop Talk is also now planning to host a fall event this October, and it's in Chicago. So Shop Talk has an extension in North America. And that's been on the on the docket for over a year now. They they announced they'd be doing a shop talk. I, I know, but there's also a shop talk for women. Remember, there were a lot of offshoots. Uh, there's a meetup. There's a shop talk. There they are. There it's like the housewives. They have how many franchises now? Beverly Hills, Orange County, Atlanta, Potomac, Atlanta, Miami, Melbourne, Vancouver. Yeah, okay, uh, I should probably. I think I've actually just revealed that I'm a bit of a Bravo holic. And my guilty pleasure to unwind is watching uh, the housewives. By the way, of all the names I mentioned, by far the best housewives uh, series is the housewives of New Jersey. Oh my God, those ladies! Are no, crazy. it's the housewives right. of Beverly Hills. I'm sorry, we actually knew that's a, that's the excessive. No, that's from excessive. Back in Dallas. That that's the most excessive franchise, but the Jersey housewives. Oh my God! The things they say and the things they do. Those li- those ladies. I think crazy. we need to get to an April conference. Anyhow, all right. Let's move on from shop talk. Shree, uh, we talked a little bit about FMI being more focused on the consumables and the food. What about for everything else that's in the store? Think of like HBC, you know, beauty, personal care. Do they have a place to go? Let's talk about the North American Chain Drugstore Conference, also known as NACDS. I had never been to this conference till I joined Johnson & Johnson back in 2015. My first week on the job was April the 15th. The conference was around April 22nd, and my then CEO for North America, Jeff Smith, told me, hey, you're coming to NACDS, and I'd never been. I didn't realize it was the FMI for... HBC. And um, very similar, the archetypes are you've got the commercial selling leadership uh, from a, from a uh, CPG ecosystem. One difference between FMI and NACDS, you also have brand leaders at NACDS, whereas FMI tends to be more commercial selling from a brand standpoint. But on the retail side, the archetypes are the exact dead match. Senior leadership in merchandising, except it's not food. And if the age gap between people attending uh, uh, Shop Talk and FMI is 15 years, 
at NACDS, it's probably 25? closer to 20 yeah, years. 20 years easily. Now, this is a this this is a very old school show. No, no very, debate in my head, right? Like no debate. That that this is a rubber chicken dinner kind of a the the retailers bring their spouses and uh, it is held at the it's typically held at the Breakers down in Palm Beach. It is a very old school type of what show. What is the fact, rubber chicken the, show? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say the one thing that anyone who's attended the show remembers the most about it is when you get home, there is this giant box. A rubber chicken show. This, I don't even know. You need two people to lift it off of the front step when, when UPS drops it off. It is a giant box full of product samples from every manufacturer that is attending uh, NACDS. They don't bring it to the show. They send it to a central distribution facility. They pack them into individual boxes for all of the participants. And you get a box with hundreds, hundreds of samples. How do I get registered for that, Peter? Although I'll tell you when I worked for Johnson & Johnson, we were taking samples and it was kind of FMI repeating itself in the HBC world. I kind of feel like if you're in the HBC space and general merchandise space, uh, your NACDS is no longer a conference that you're just pitching as a brand to chain drugstores. Grocery was very much in full presence, full attendance. And um, it is the non-food part of the world in grocery that you're really pitching to. To me, the legacy conferences you and I have been part of, we enjoy, we network, we have our friends. It's really FMI and NACDS. And they both save the same purpose, shotgun, top to tops. You get a scorecard on how you're doing in the industry. You, it's a chance to go to some learning sessions, some panels, some discussions. And just like FMI works externally to uh, really help with uh, the government legislation, et cetera, for brands, NACDS is not radically yeah, yeah. different, just different set of categories. One is food. One is more on the HBC general merchandise side. Now, the, the big question about NACDS, I, I don't want to belabor this too long, but something massive happened between last year and this year that fundamentally affects the retailer makeup of NACDS. And I'll just say what it was. NACDS represents the pharmacists, the, ph the pharmacy retailers, right? And the issue is that they decided to take a political stand relative to the cost of prescription drugs and notably started challenging the pharmacy benefit management companies. The problem is, is that one of their major retailer partners within NACDS is the retailer we've come to know as CBS Health, which is a vertically integrated healthcare uh, retailer. And the challenge is, is that a big part of their business is Caremark, which is a PBM. So they didn't take too kindly to the, uh, to the decision of NACDS to go after a part of their business effectively. So CVS withdrew from the NACDS. So they are not participating. And the question becomes, does that fundamentally alter the value of this conference? I don't know if we have the answer yet. We'll find out this year, but I'll, I'll, Sri, you probably have an opinion on it. What do you think? Shocking, Peter. I have an opinion on this. Are you shocked? Uh, so I do believe the conference added value way above and beyond a distribution for a brand just in a chain drugstore, as I mentioned, 
if you were in general merchandise and HBC, even grocery was very much there in absolute full force. Like many of the merchants who are senior merchants, chief merchants in grocery, I've also seen at NACDS. And so I do believe my humble experience tells me the conference is going to survive just fine. Well, here's what I will say. I think the value that this conference presents is felt much more at what I would call the lower end of the spectrum, the more emerging brands, the not completely developed brands, and even service providers that are looking to get the attention of both brands and retailers. I know for a fact that my prior employer, Fetch, they made their first three brand connections into their ecosystem by going to NACDS and essentially stalking, for lack of a better term, the brands that they were most interested in. And they've managed to get themselves meeting. Now, it comes with a price, right? What what set NACDS apart from every other trade show, where maybe the cost to attend is a thousand, two thousand dollars, this is this is bordering on eight thousand dollars. It is a big, big line item expense if you are looking to avail yourself of this community. But it's something to to take into consideration. I have talked to people at the high end of the spectrum. I was speaking with one person that I worked with during my time at CVS, worked for one of the largest brands in the world. And their attitude on this trade show was, I can get meetings with all these people anytime I want. This is a giant expense that I have to put into, and it fundamentally doesn't alter my ability to engage with them. But if I were on the lower end of that spectrum, I were an emerging brand or I was a service provider, yeah, I would love NACDS, but as as a, as a very large scale brand, this is just a big expense that doesn't necessarily produce anything for me. But that's that's for a handful. Like we're talking, like I can count on one hand the number of manufacturers that might might think like that. My only rebuke to that is in the industry we're born in, as senior leaders. Mm-hmm. These two trade shows, FMI and NACDS, provide a chance to get a scorecard in yourself. Don't miss out. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. All right, Shri, uh, let's kind of rattle through the rest of these because we've been kind of digging into the meaty ones, which were more front-loaded on the year. Uh, the next one is hosted by Path to Purchase Institute. It's called the Retail Media Summit. It's going to take place in June. I think it'll be the third year they've done it. They have an offshoot of this, Retail Media Summit Canada, which take, which is taking place the first week of February up in Toronto, they'll do, do one in London, Retail Media Summit UK. The, the granddaddy of them will be the one in Chicago. This is an opportunity for people in the retail media ecosystem specifically to come together. I will say this. You will see representation by all the retail media platforms. You'll have a lot of brands and a lot of service providers there. But make no mistake, CES is the place where the, the conversations for JBPs around retail media take place. This is more of, I would call it a a, uh, a niche event with lots of conversations around where retail media is going. It's much more of a go to the show, not strategic meetings. It's go to the show and actually learn and listen to the presentations, whereas CES is much more about strategic meetings. So if you want to learn about C- uh, retail media, it's a great conference to go to. The Path to Purchase Institute puts a great show on. Uh, any thoughts on that, Shri? I have been to that one as well, I think two or three years, Peter. 
I found yep. a lot of value. In fact, many, 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 many moons and decade, maybe a decade plus ago. That's where I met our third podcast partner, Brian Gildenberg. He was giving yep. some sort of a keynote on stage and we became friends and here mm-hmm. we are together. Mm-hmm. I did also meet yep. Gary V at one of their events. And um, mm. I did find a lot of value from going there. It was the early days of e-com and they provided a lot of value to me personally in learning the ins and outs of e-com, a good mix and a blend between D2C, yep. 1P, yep. 2P. Uh, at that yep. point, FPA yep. didn't exist as much, but it's all evolved today. So it was that ancillary yep. second tier show for me where I could learn more than network. Yeah, this is this is much more about the learning agenda. They do have strategic speed dating, much like uh, Shop Talk and Grocery Shop do. I should have made mention earlier that Shop Talk has this double opt-in speed dating where you get qualified connections from service providers to brands and retailers, and they have that at this as well. So, Shri, uh, also in June, there's an event coming up. I wouldn't call it a trade show conference as much as I would call it a, an educational program. Uh, and you and I have been talking about this on the podcast since the beginning of the year. I participated in this event two years ago, and then Brian and I actually spoke at it last year, and it's coming back this year. Why don't you tell us about, uh, about this particular event coming up in June? Hey, for those who follow us, you probably heard us talk about it on the show. And, um, you know, it was mentioned a couple of episodes ago, right up at the opening, and we are referring to none other than the Cornell Omnichannel Leadership Summit. What a learning moment. I've attended one of these very similar at Harvard. It was about three days. It had yeah. who's who speakers from retail, evolving conversation. About who's who attendees as well. It's, it's like, it's not just the people are on the stage. It's the people that are sitting around watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. You meet who's who from CPG, who's who from retail, plenty of time to network, plenty of time to share ideas with each other, ask each other questions, judge how the future is going to be. But the most important piece of doing this is the learning you're going to get as you build resiliency as a retailer or a brand for the future. To me, that three days that you invest in and what you end up investing from a dollar's perspective for it is gold when you come back with the learnings you have and the network that you have and the doors that you're going to open between manufacturers and retailers in terms of who you choose to network with or not. So for me, if you... I look, I, so one of the people that I met first year is a friend of this podcast now is Parag Shah. I met him sitting right next to him uh, in that very first year. Uh, we've had other guests from the show, Dan Hooker, who runs the program. In fact, Dan's going to be back on a, uh, an episode very soon from now talking specifically about this program. But it's amazing that so many, they, they took, they, Cornell as a consulting entity does interact with a lot of retailers and brands, and they created this program as feedback from all of those entities, and they had a major role in not only guiding the curriculum, but they're actually participants, sending their people to participate and presenting at the front of the the uh, the uh, the con. Very small, tight knit. So we talk about these big trade shows with ten thousand. We're talking about sixty people here, sixty. But you're going to be talking to the CEO of of Ahold Delhaize. You're going to be talking to a lot of 
really impressive people. And um, I would say that is, to your point, Shree, so well worth the investment of getting yourself into that room. You, as as uh, our friend Lin-Manuel Miranda would say, you want to be in the room where it happened. I don't think there's a bigger room, room where uh, more room that you want to be in. I know. I know. I think this is the place, Shree. What do you think? Yes. Go learn. Come back. Tell us on the CPG guys what you learned as well. I look forward to it. No debate in my head. Learning moment, networking moment, building resiliency for the future moment. That's what I say. All right. I'm going to do this one really quickly. We talked about Shop Talk taking place in Las Vegas. Uh, Shop Talk Yurk is going to be in Barcelona this June. Uh, Same kind of format, much more focus on on European retailers, uh, much more focus on what I can call the the domination of brick and mortar omni-channel as opposed to the pure play e-commerce component of it. But same kind of feel. It's the beginning, first week of June. It's at a convention center in Barcelona. Uh, I went last year, absolutely loved it, uh, connected with our dear friends, the FMCG guys. They were both there uh, at the show. And I would say if you're in Europe and you want to have the flavor for what Shop Talk in the U.S. has delivered to North America, make sure you attend Shop Talk in Europe. Shri, uh, the, the trifecta of what I'd call the Shop Talk slash grocery shop family, I'm going to throw it over to you to talk about uh, the, the big event they have taking place in September. What's to me, up? FMI, NACDS, legacy events, anchored around the industry, primarily created to help with legislation in the industry and understanding what's new from a legislation perspective, highly evolved into shotgun, top-to-top scorecard on partnerships in the industry. The conference of the future, based on consumerism, is grocery shop. If you're in the food business or the consumables business, not just food, even though it's called grocery shop, it is the conference to be at. CEOs of retailers do keynotes. CEOs of some of the largest brands in the world do keynotes. CEOs of startups do keynotes. The networking you're going to have, as well as the speed dating, you're going to have the opportunity to do with service providers. It is four days of packed learning and networking, building towards the future, tech, e-commerce, omni-channel, retail media. I encourage anybody in the CPG industry, if you have the budget and the investment, talk to your manager. If you don't, it is an, it is an event you want to be at just so you can learn and be part of building the future of our industry by putting the consumer at the center. The number one goal of that conference is very much that consumer at the center and building capabilities around that. Hey, Shree, if we look back at Grocery Shop last year, there were a lot of ancillary activities going on, offsite events, other things like that. From what you heard, what was far and away the biggest draw outside of the actual show itself? that people were really excited about that took place right at the kickoff of grocery shop. Can you I can't can you, believe can you're actually asking that? me that question, Peter. That should be pretty obvious to everybody. It I I had to ask because I have FOMO. I didn't uh, get to go to it. Missed this, the CPG guys party. Oh my God. He missed the CPG guys party. Ouch. Our dear friends Melissa and Andrea from respectively Pack View and Alum Group sponsored the event. 
It was held at Strip Steak right there in Mandalay Bay. And Shri, if you talk about who's who, the people that were there in front of the step and repeat wall, the ones we were able to cajole into taking the picture, there were some pretty impressive people at that show at at this particular event. So much fun meeting the entire industry, shaking hands, meeting some new people. Again, were you were you running for mayor of LA? What was going on there? You were like you were the you were the politician. You were really working it, from what I heard. I don't know if I qualify to be a politician. Listen, I got a family with one in a band in Universal, one indie star. I got three family members with podcasts. I think I belong in LA. Politics is not a question at this point. Grow if you're if you're in omnichannel digital and you're in the grocery space, grocery shop is the conference you have to be at. Peter, I'm gonna not go big on shop that, Peter. I, I don't wanna say yeah. you have to be in the omnichannel space. If you wanna be yeah. part of brand building, putting consumer at the center. Yeah, that's the show. I'm not saying tomorrow, day after five years from now, now, today, this this very year, this very moment, grocery shop, yeah. you wanna be seen. Yeah, it's not as big as Shop Talk. So, where Shop Talk's like fourteen thousand grocery shops, going to be closer to four thousand. But because it's, it, but it is, it's absolutely the show to go to. All right, let's close this out, Sheree. We've got a couple more uh, in October, uh, New York City. The last couple of years this year, it's moving to Austin, Texas. Yeehaw! Of course, I'm talking about the largest and most uh, uh, the most celebrated retail media platform in the United States and probably the world, it's Amazon, and they host the Unboxed event. This is being put on by the advertising division within Amazon, and it's really their annual upfront event to show you all of the new capabilities that they have built into Amazon advertising, the tools that you can use, where you can place advertising, things like clean rooms, Amazon Marketing Cloud. It is, uh, it is the, here's what I will say, you will see some really great speakers on stage in addition to Amazon people. You know, our dear friend Diana Hausling was on stage last year talking about how Colgate's using Amazon Marketing Cloud to execute around some of the big events like Prime Days. Um, there are a lot of industry uh, luminaries that will speak. I will say the only caveat I will add to that is this event is highly, highly, highly scripted by Amazon. Even the uh, jokes that they tell during the breakout sessions. If you turn your head and read the teleprompter behind you, literally every word is scripted. And that's uncomfortable for some players. They don't like to be that highly scripted. That's the trade-off you get. You want to be on stage. You want to talk to the audience. This show sells out. It doesn't cost a lot to go. It's about $400. But my God, it will sell out almost as fast as Taylor Swift era's tour tickets uh it is crazy get the tickets the minute they're available because in a week or two they're gone and you want to be at this event all right now is it as engaging as going to their sister show uh accelerate which is more focused on the three-piece sellers no because those are a whole bunch of people that actually run their own business they're highly invested in it uh, it, they get really excited. That's a great show to go to from an, what I'd call an anthropological standpoint. But if you're in the advertising space and retail media, you want to be at you'd rather be in the door at Amazon Unboxed than on the outside looking in. True, uh, true, true. Shree, what do you true. think? All hundred percent true. Unboxed is an Amazon event. 
it's to learn everything about Amazon. You've already talked about it. So I am going to bring us home here, Peter, and actually ask you to do the last one over here and share it with me as we're out of time here, which is the advertising week in New yeah. York City, which happens to be in October. I have been and spoken yep. at the show with um, Walmart Connect in a past life. Um, yep. To me, it is a very important week, again, in the advertising world, much larger than just retail media networks. Retail media networks are very a, a tiny piece of the ecosystem over there. Very agency forward, wouldn't you say, this event? Very yeah, I want to point that out, Peter. We've talked about other conferences for retail media networks where agencies really don't have a big presence. It's brand. And the example of that we gave right up top was CES and Shop Talk. Advertising week yeah. is flipped. If you're an agency, this is your moment. And, and this event is fundamentally different. Like at, at Grocery Shop, right, or Shop Talk, if you want to be on stage, you have to be a brand or a retailer. They don't welcome agencies on the show, and there's no – they select who goes on the show. Fundamentally different for advertising week. This is a pay-to-play event. If you want to get on stage and give a presentation, you pay for the stage time. That's where the agencies pony up the bucks to really showcase their retail and brand partners to talk about the work that they're doing. But but fundamentally – if you want to be on advertising week stage, you're paying you for play, the time. You play, you play. You play, you pay. Yeah, that's it. No, but, you pay, you play. You know, this is you pay, you play. You pay, you play. But I will say this: it is a big event. It's in New York City. It's for the media people. You want to go to advertising week, New York? They have other ones. They have one in Asia. They have one. Uh, they have they have five or six around the world. One in Latin America. But the big daddy, the Mac daddy of them all is New York. It's where all the advertising agencies are. And that's the show you want to go to. The, you know, so that's 11. We've kind of ticked off, Shri. There are a whole lot of other shows. I highly encourage anyone listening to this episode. Don't think if, if there was one you were thinking of, we missed it. We just had to consolidate and, and be more efficient with our time. But go to the Excel spreadsheet that's in the digital liner notes of this podcast episode. A more expansive list of trade shows, explanations of what they're about, who attends, the dates, the locations, and of course hyperlinks to their websites. But wow, Shri, we 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 really uh, we we tackled a lot of them. Um, uh, before I close, I just want to say to our audience, um, please visit cbgguys.com. You can find all of our content, and if you think you or your company have some thought leadership to contribute to this ongoing discussion, drop us an email at contact at cbgguys.com. And maybe you can join us for the podcast and for, of course, while you're at cpgguys.com in the navigation bar, click the rating and review section, leave us a rating, write us a review. We want to know if we are um, delivering to you the kind of content and experience that you want. And of course, with over um, 27,000 followers on LinkedIn, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of those who trust us to educate. And Correction, you. Peter, make that 28,000. Are we at 28? Okay, 28. There we go. And we're going to celebrate it. Uh, we're going to celebrate it uh, next week, Shri, but a million downloads. One million downloads. Um, Shri, what you think? This was, uh, this was something that uh, you and I just said, we got to do this. We've got to, uh, so many people are asking us, 
Let's just tell them what we think all these trade shows. And that and that's our perspective. You know, like, there's there a lot, lot of people saying safe, but they also want to learn. There's a lot of newcomers to the industry, youngsters in the industry who've been yeah. asking, where do yeah. you guys go? Where did you guys get your learning from? Well, folks, here's the good news. Listen, pass, share this episode. Thank you. All right. Well, Sheree, thanks again, as always, for joining me on this journey. Appreciate your uh, your fellowship, your dedication to this. and. I really enjoyed our Yankees, Dodgers, World Series. Oh, I'm feeling it, Shri. I'm feeling it. Uh, to our audience, as always, we appreciate you joining us, and we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of Wait for It, the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPT Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPT Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.